real for a moment and talk about how in how COVID really impacted me mentally as I navigated this situation of running a nonprofit um, organization while navigating virtual learning, while having two kids at home and, and trying to keep everybody safe in, in the business. And it just seemed like we were on shutdown and we were isolated in our home for four months. And really, I just didn't know what tomorrow would bring and how how would be emotionally impacted by it throughout all. If I was like reflecting back, that was almost a year ago now. I feel still to this day that it's just now like catching up to me. And I feel like it's just catching up to me because, you know, I've now had time to like really think about what happened this past year. Like now I'm reflecting and realizing that one, I don't know how I survived it, but I did, which makes me feel stronger and more empowered. And a lot of good did come out of it. However, I just don't think that we're really talking about the negative impact that it did to our emotional health, especially as it related to moms and, you know, more targeting working moms, so to speak, just because we weren't used to being stay-at-home moms while working another full-time job. And I think that you know, that's really what this today's topic is going to be about. And the guest today is a dear friend of mine who also is a counselor, therapist, whatever. You, I'm sure she's going to say her title. Um, and I'm probably using the, the worst language ever to isolate that because I think we need to spend some time of how to get the real help and not be such a, a negative understanding towards getting counseling or getting therapy and I just now realized probably a year later that I probably need to go back to therapy (laughs) Um, and I mean that because I think I just have some restoring to do and some you know reflecting and as I've reflected of how to get back on the right on the right road and kind of reset and understand this new normal. So that's today's topic. So gear up because it's going to be heavy, but I hope that you walk away inspired to also reflect and reset and and let's get through 2021 um, stronger and together. are listening to Pieces of Me, your host, Amanda Owen, and I'm so excited to have a dear friend of mine, Lindsay Lanham. Welcome. Thank you. So nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, I think that, you know, going into today's podcast, I was a little nervous because you're really, besides my husband, you're the really, like, the closest, like, really great friend that I have that I've, I've had to interview. And so I don't, <laughs> I'm like, I know everything about you. But really, this topic is more professional anyways. So for those listeners, what I want to do, instead of me introducing you, I want you to kind of share with everybody who you are and what you do and what's your jam. Okay. Well, like Amanda said, I'm Lindsay Lanham, and I'm a mental health counselor. I've been doing counseling for about 12 years now. Um, here in Owensboro. And so the first five or six years of my clinical practice, I worked with pretty much just children and adolescents. And then over the last five or six years, you know, I opened a group private practice. And so I've been seeing a lot more adults. And so that kind of gives me the a different perspective in uh, the clinical world as far as like treating uh, children, adolescents and adults. Uh, so that's kind of where I've been and what I've been doing. Um, 
And then, so, but who I am, like as yeah. a person. Yeah. yeah. Um, I grew up in Hancock County, so not very far away. Um, went to school at Georgetown College in Georgetown, Kentucky, and um, got a degree in psychology. And then I moved home and was like, what am I going to do with this? I'm not really sure. So I dabbled in some case management and thought, well, maybe I'll go back to school. So um, I went to Western, got my master's in counseling and got my license and started practicing from there and, you know, never really looked back. I've always really enjoyed like just being with people. Mm-hmm. Um, not really my jam to be in the spotlight or <laughs> center stage, but like one on one, I feel really comfortable there. Um, so um, it just it's it's a good fit. It's a good fit for me. Um but I, I'm married. I have two kids at home, ages nine and 11, oh, or 12. Oh, gosh, she just turned 12. Yeah, she just had a birthday. Yeah, so she just turned 12. So, And you even moved during COVID. We did. We built during COVID, which is a very scary thing in and of itself. <laughs> um, but thankfully, we had built before, so it wasn't completely uncharted territories. Uh, but yeah, we um, I think we broke ground in April, which was just you know, what, a month after and right in the middle of some of the, you know, the craziest time. Yes, it was. It was it was crazy. But we're here. We survived all intact (laughs) for the most part. (laughs) So um, we actually did a lot of porch parties Mm, during COVID um, (laughs) while my husband built the porch and we got it was kind of my therapy. So I get the, the great therapy of just back porch sitting around a fire and kind of just talking real talk with you so I love that I know it's crazy getting to see you on a weekday and we're no longer neighbors <laughs> I know right <laughs> so let's dive straight in for today um, I really want to talk about this the impact COVID has had on us I don't want to just beat a dead horse and I know that we have been of like getting through COVID and all those things I think we're past that but really what is to like I feel like it's almost like what is it called post um, traumatic stress like PTSD Mm -hmm. is that what people are could be still experiencing and I really want to target more moms than anything so what do you feel is kind of right now where we're at with mental health as it relates to the impact of COVID and where we're at you know I think initially what we saw with uncertainty we know that anxiety and depression is going to be on the rise especially anxiety we're heightened we're not sure about what tomorrow or next week brings. We're not sure how, um, you know, how employment's going to go. How am I going to care for my children? Are we going to get sick? You know, like, you know, am I going to lose people that I love? So the uncertainty was so great in the beginning. You know, we just saw so much anxiety and anxiousness. And then over time, as we kind of settled in to the new norm, you know, of the way to live and kind of having a better grasp on what this looks like and what's this what what does this mean Um, we started to see you know more depression set in because you're not in the in the middle of the crisis Mm. you know Um, the adrenaline you're you're not running off of that speed almost Um, so you know you start to see depression and then you start to see fatigue and I think that that's what we're seeing the most now and that's not that doesn't just reference um like essential workers or people working with those who are sick we're talking about fatigue about day to day I get up and this is still here it's not it's not gone away so that's that speaks volumes to me like I'm gonna try not to cry like I don't know why because I'm in this chair talking to you (laughs) 
Um, I think that it triggered when you said like mental fatigue and, and being going from you know, anxiety to kind of like depression. And I shared a little bit in the beginning as far as I don't feel like I'm I'm depressed in a sense that, um, I don't know, there's just times where I feel how I just can't take a deep breath because of just that mental of like what I just had to go through of, because I'm running, like I'm having to try to make decisions based on people's lives and, you know, laying people off and then bringing people back and redesigning a business while all trying to figure out how to be the mom that I need to be during that and navigating just like all of us are doing. But until you just said like mental fatigue that like resonated with me, um, do you feel as though like that's what mom, like moms I don't know why I just want to target moms I know that everybody goes through stuff but really I just want to working moms especially how what's the stigma that follows that you feel as a society that follows around working mothers and trying to balancing all and what are they having to navigate now through this well I think even apart from COVID we know like as societal norms and with some stigma that um, you can't have it all you know, who who says that, like, working moms, you, you do one or the other, you, you know, like, there's not this, we live in the middle, and we can have both, and we can do both well. So I think that that's the stereotype that working moms sometimes get, even apart from COVID, is you can have both, but how do you really do both well? And something, you're sacrificing something somewhere, you know, that we can't have, you know, that we won't be well balanced, um, you know, if we spread ourselves too thin, you know, essentially. So I think even with COVID, so again, we're stretched again. You mentioned working from home, but I'm also a teacher, a stay at, you know, a stay at home mom. You know, we've got breakfast, lunch, and dinner, clean up after every, um, the entertainer, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's, it's all day. It never ends. And then we're still continuously facilitating all the things that you mentioned with like running your organization, supporting your employees, um, you know, trying to keep morale going at home and at work. So I think that COVID just added that whole extra element to, to responsibility. So can, now, now that you said, let's put COVID aside and go back, I have to go back because, you know, I think we've had this conversation quite a bit, but it's probably the the most question that I get asked as a now, like as I mentor and, and, and talk to people is how do you balance it all? Like what's the magic thing? And, and I always tell people for me, that's just like prioritizing in the moment. But like now that I'm talking to you as the professional, like what would you say if a mom, like if somebody, maybe they're young, maybe they're not even a mom, but like maybe they're struggling to the fears and the society norms of how do you balance it all? Or maybe they're going through that. What would be your best advice or what they can do to get through that? You know, there's no magic schedule. There's no magic balance that I'm going to write it out like this. And this is always going to work for me because life changes. Situations change, stressors change. Um, so I can't have this magic calendar that I'm like, ooh, my life is going to be perfectly balanced at the end of this week. So it's a constant like reevaluation, whether that be by day or by week, by month. Uh, I don't really recommend that you do it further than a week out at a time just because things do shift and change. 
so often and I can get at the end of my week and been really intentional about things, but still feel off somewhere. Mm. And so that's why it's a constant balance. You know, a lot of people use Sundays to reset what went well this week. What didn't go so well? What do I want to do better? What do I need more of? What do I need less of? So it's this constant um, kind of evaluation of where I'm at. What do I need? What do I feel you know, people push their feelings away. I don't want to feel something that's uncomfortable. It means something's wrong. Yeah, usually, you know, <laughs> a negative emotion is an indicator that, you know, something something's off, something isn't quite right. But that gives me the chance to address it and to move through it. Um, so I, I tell people all the time, like, give yourself permission to feel how you feel and then you can work through it. You got to feel to heal. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Feel to heal. When I think when you were talking to going through going through it, I think sometimes people want to like damper it or like push it down. I'm very guilty of that. Like, well, if I don't think about it and I don't have to address it, then I don't necessarily go through it. But then I, it just hangs there, you know. So let's talk about, let's say that you're going through it. And I know that I know how important self-care is what how important it is I think sometimes we're balancing it all or you know now I blame COVID for a lot of things in time but how important it is to carve out for self-care what would you I mean tell me your thoughts on that well I think of it too is just like the um you know oxygen mask on an airplane you know we have that visual that you know that the safety uh instructions say you have to put the oxygen on yourself (laughs) before you help you know, the oh. child or the elderly, but self-care is the very same thing. I cannot give and put into others, my family, my work, my church, my community, if I am not giving those same things to myself, if I'm not taking care of myself. So it does, it does have to be weekly or daily even, you know, and self-care means a lot of different things. It can be a 10-minute uh, devotion. It can be a gratitude log. It can be meditation, yoga. Um, it can be a phone call with a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be offering encouragement to somebody else, kind of giving back. It doesn't look the same for everybody, and it doesn't mean I carve out a week with my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that's our self-care. Yes. Um, you know, because that's just not realistic all the time. But if I make daily habits... Uh, to be mindful and to be present and to make my head clear. Um, that just kind of gives me the space to take on more. Right. So I think that people need to hear this because I think this is where I did wrong and I'm still navigating it. I, and I hear this from other, you know, some of my staff here is like, oh, well, self-care, I, I tried this and it didn't work. So like then they kind of just give up. Like, how, And you said it's not self-care for one isn't the same for another. And I think, do you think people tend to try to like, well, she's doing it, so it worked for her, so I need to do that. But when it doesn't work for me, do you feel like they get stuck and like not know where to go next? Like, do you feel that that happens? And what would you recommend to push through, I guess? Yeah, I think you do have to find what works for you. But I think, too, when people say that, they're not doing it near enough. Mm -hmm. It didn't work for me. Well, that's because you tried it once in a month or, you know, once your idea has to change a little bit about self-care because it is daily habits. You know, it's it's not just this thing I'm going to pencil in, you know, a a pedicure, a manicure, a a bath, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Um, But 
I'm going to make it a daily habit, even if I have 10 minutes. It might be a show I like. It might be Candy Crush. It might be, <laughs> you know, it's just something that uh, feels a bit mindless, mm-hmm. uh, that something that doesn't take so much of my physical or emotional energy that I can reset. And like I said, it's just I do those things to empty so that I can take on whatever's next. Do you feel like people say that they don't have time for self-care, but yet they're spending their time devoted into ways that almost empty them and drain them and they're not even recognizing? Let's use social social media like we see that even in our kids. Right. So we tend to busy ourselves. We think we don't have enough time. I mean, do you see that happen a lot? Yeah, I think so. Like, what are you getting consumed by in your week? Where are you getting stuck? I talk to clients about that all all the time. And, um, you know, we use this time analysis worksheet. Like, I use it, like, in business, like, to know where my time goes and where I can delegate and where I might need to ask for help or, you know, something that's not working well. But also with clients, it's really interesting that if they really do it and they come back, it's like, oh, wow, I didn't. You know, like in our heads, things feel and look and we can think about them a certain way. But when it's on paper, it's like it's so much more tangible. Like I'm like, oh, (laughs) this is objective. Like I know I know what I want to do now. Right. With it. That was my cop out. Usually (laughs) I talk about this in another podcast episode of building out my habits of like creating my routines in the afternoon. Like whenever you have to put it to paper and like not I mean yeah analyze but like schedule in okay well dinner shouldn't be like like an hour and you know time with your kids like family time or when you start penciling I'm like oh my god then where in the world is my time going like what am I dedicating that to but yet when I didn't like plan for it knowing that like okay well it really only takes me like 35 minutes to do cooking and dinner and then clean you know give or take depends on what I'm cooking taco Tuesday tonight (laughs) but what I what I mean is I see what you're saying. I feel like that would be very helpful for the listeners if they can just analyze kind of their time and figure out like then build in your self-care. Right. That's kind of what I did. That's right. Yeah. So if I don't know what I'm missing, if I well, you have to know what you need first. Oh. That's where, you know, I think people get stuck is they don't know what they need. They don't know what makes them feel whole and complete. And we really have to like search and find that and what that means and what offers us, you know, fulfillment. Uh, And then that's what gets penciled in to our day. What if somebody can't find, like I now know, like when you say that, like I know people that can't find that, they don't know what fulfills them. Like, How do you find, I mean, I guess that's where therapy comes in to like (laughs) dig deep of knowing where to find. I mean, is that what it, I mean, is that what it takes? I don't know. Yeah. I'm putting you on the spot now. No, I mean, I think, I think it does, but I think it's also just like, you know, being open and communicating and talking with people and what feels good, you know, like, and, and not what feels good. And I'm just like seeking pleasure all the time and I don't want to do the hard stuff. That's not what I'm talking about, but really what what am I okay with? What, what, so I may not like to do the thing, but I'm not settled. I do not feel okay until that's done. You know, whatever, whatever that is. Yeah, man. I could give some examples, but I want to say it and shame myself. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really want to do that thing, but I'm going to, you know, because it's important to me and I'll guilt myself later. I'll say yes you know, just mm-hmm. because if I already know I'm going to set myself up for guilt later, 
no, I'm just, I'm, I'm going to save myself from that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So, okay, let, I'm going to kind of flip a little bit um, because we're going to go, I, I don't want to continue to bring up COVID, but I'm going to have to ask this because it's for my personal reason. So I don't really care how it applies to anybody else, but being a team, you know, being a leader uh, and being in a business, I think sometimes like I know the impact that COVID had and, and, and even life. Let, I mean, I know I'm, I'm beating a dead horse, but even life, how often do you feel employers don't take care or have, I don't know that empathy is the right word, but like realize that their employees go through life and is there some stigma of, of businesses not honoring mental health in that like and that might be a heavy topic in that and I don't want to like go into a tangent but I think it's a real conversation that needs to be had because I don't know that I realize sometimes how um, as a leader you know that what COVID has done to some of the families like I don't know sometimes that the impact that that it had in their home or on their mental health unless they're communicating so what would you advise, like maybe if somebody's a business owner or a leader, how do they kind of provide some awareness to mental health and, and checking in on their employees or providing some of that self-care at work? Mm-hmm. I think about like employers just being mindful about flexibility. You know, if we're too rigid, typically people don't operate real well. We don't feel heard. We don't feel listened to. Um, so if you can offer some flexibility and collaboration, like just knowing that your door is open and if something's not working well, like bring it to the table and, you know, we can't always make it work in your favor all the time, you know, either as an employee or as an employer, it doesn't always work out because of systems and policies and things like that. But I want, you know, as an employer, I want you to know that I hear you and I see you and I'm going to work to collaborate with you to make things as, um, you know, easy as possible, especially in this time. And we keep referencing COVID, but that happens, you know, it happens with death. It happens with, you know, tragedies, tragedies within families and, um, you know, other things that happen that will cause extra stress personally that kind of spills over sometimes professionally and and vice versa. Um, So I think employers um, can be flexible. I think employers um, need to be a good role model. They need to um, show clear boundaries and assertiveness, like, and good self-care. Right. You know, like, as a leader, like, um, em- employees need to see you taking good care of yourself and making making that a, a priority. A priority. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you were talking, it, it triggered because I think I've learned a lot in the last eight years, and I didn't always do it well in the beginning. And I was probably notorious. And now I feel like I'm I'm shifting. I was notorious for like leave it at the door, leave it at the door, and come in and do the job. And and, and I think now I realize like not everybody can leave it at the door. I mean, we do have to departmentalize. Is that what I'm, the word I'm looking at? Compartmentalize, maybe. But. I mean, I feel like that we have to figure out what that looks like, but also I can't have that expectation as a as a as an employer to leave it at the door, right? And do you feel like that? I mean, I feel like that's what is been the norm is the norm of like you come to work, you do your job, and you go home, and there shouldn't be an overlap. But man, I'm I'm really seeing 
where does home start and, and work start? You know, like it's all crossed over now. So I feel like we are looking at it different. So is there any insight as far as like, what's the trend now? Like how, how can we carry that momentum of what we've learned through impact of being flexible and okay, well, you did do a good job working from home. So maybe that is your jam when before it wasn't. What's your, what's your, how do you think it's going to shift? Well, I thought too, because we mentioned flexibility and like role modeling, but it also makes me think of training and tools. So Mm. I'm going to offer you training and information to keep yourself well, um, because we will manage work and home better if we're well. Okay, so it starts with like, maybe you share an app uh, with your team about sleep and relaxation. Maybe you offer, you know, a meditation room, you know, at your at your facility. Um, But you encourage and promote wellness overall. So and that's bringing in like training and tools for them to take care of themselves well. And then you don't see as much spillover because we're regulated. Right. Right. Well, and I think that that it's going to take doing it to see the impact that it can do. Right. So like, I think that you're not going to know, you're going to probably think like to me, I can hear some business people being like, well, it's going to be the one that takes advantage of that and falls asleep in the meditation room for an hour and not get their work done. You know, like I can see all the naysayers of how it wouldn't work, but man, what a powerful tool. If you can find the right tools of how you can now build a culture around I mean, work would be more effective. I mean, probably the end result will be. That's what I have found. It's probably one of the positive things that came out of COVID that I found like, okay, people do work well when they have balance or days off Mm -hmm. (laughs) instead of working an 80-hour week, you know, and get the deadlines and hit those deadlines. Like being that flexible. And I think it took that for me to learn how to like look at it from a different model Mm -hmm. um, and be vulnerable I think there's so much stigma around mental health, right? And so I've been vulnerable through my process of how it's affected. Is that the right answer moving forward? I think so, because you mentioned being vulnerable like yourself as a leader, but I also think about bystanders and that we can all like start conversations and feel okay talking about not being okay Mm. and that it, it's a, just like therapy, you know, it, we think that, oh, something's wrong. And we can't just think about overall wellness, um, you know, about um, preventative. What do they talk about? Preventative care. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, you know, thinking about like counseling and wellness is like I'm taking care of my mental health from a preventative perspective, like to keep myself you know, well-regulated and to be able to handle things that come my way that I don't have control over and uh, learn skills to adapt and things to, to manage well. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, you know, that's something that comes to mind is just like being able to start conversations and, um, and to talk about it and vulnerability is huge. I mean, I feel like we almost have to end on that. Like, I don't want to end because it's so powerful, but Man, I, I think you just nailed it in reference to how we start shifting and having that conversation that therapy as a preventative measure. I look at like we maintenance a car for those preventative things. Like look at all the things that we do to prevent something to happen, but yet we don't do that for the mental health and we have the reactive approach like, oh, well, now I have to go through something bad for me to reach out for asking for help. Why do you think people don't ask for help? Like I don't. Wow. 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and I think asking for help is hard. And because there's been a stigma that if you need medication or you need therapy, then, you know, something's wrong or that you can't handle it or that you're weak even. Mm. Um, you know, and that's not easy to share. It's not easy to share our vulnerabilities and say where um, where we have areas of growth. You know, I just look at it in the languaging um, like changing uh, our language about how we speak about what going to counseling means. Like maybe we use support, you know, maybe we use growth, oh. change. It's not like an issue or a disorder. Like let, let's use um, different language when we talk about it. And I think that that helps people feel, feel more okay and at liberty to talk about it. Okay, so you know I can't go this whole time without talking a little bit about my passion and my advocacy, and that is disabilities, obviously, and you know that about me. Um, And I know that that's, you know, we share so much together in reference, but one of the things that I want to spend a little bit of time on, because I know you do um, virtual, like, telehealth, and that's becoming a a big popular thing um, amongst now everything. (laughs) Again, we pivoted through COVID and learned what could happen and what, um, you know, could be successful. I want to think, I want to spend some time of, I do hear so many parents raising children with disabilities. I don't have time to go to therapy. Like, they know that they need it. They want it. You know, I don't have time to, I, I don't have that self-care. Like, um, you know, they're not sleeping or I'm up all night or it's just the, the, the weight of the world is on them in so many different ways of trying to, they're spending so much of their time helping their loved one that, you know, they come last. And we know that it's true, like it, even more self-care is needed for them, right? But how could teletherapy like telehealth like how can that be a pivot around to help meet them where they're at I don't know that's again a loaded question well and I think telehealth you know it's convenience and it's access so if it takes more for me to find child care or to find a caregiver um, you know to get to a place where I can have an appointment uh, telehealth offers you a little bit of convenience and accessibility from your own home um, with you know some of the same advantages um, you know and it works it works really well of course you know we love in office just for the rapport and kind of the dynamic and how things flow um, but telehealth honestly um, you know it wasn't navigated a whole lot for us um, going into COVID uh, but now it's it's pretty natural, and you know we've had enough time now to see progress and outcomes that are measurable, right. um, that say, hey, this works. Well, and I think that that is I I wanted to make sure that that got included because I think too many times that is the out for some of those families of like I just I can't I can't carve out thir- you know drive time getting there thirty minute session and drive time home or things like that. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that telehealth is an option, right? Yes, so is, and it can be right. effective. It's better than nothing, right? It is, yeah. And I feel like this topic is so important. Um, it, it was important. It was even important prior to COVID. But for me, I've, I've, you know, had definitely some yo-yos and roller coasters through all of this. And I just hear the flood mainly from those parents raising children with disabilities of the impact and navigating learning and virtual learning. Good God, I can't wait for kids to go back to school. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to have a moment with you to kind of talk and, and kind of normalize that. It's just ask for the help mm-hmm. um, or not even help. No, it's the preventative 
take the preventative strategies and the, and the maintenance to that, right? That's right. It's just, you know, support and growth and um, being able to connect. You know, I think people feel alone when they are alone. Um, we want, we tend to isolate um, and we don't want to connect. It's kind of the opposite, right? Yeah. Isolation and connection. And uh, the more that we connect and we collaborate, um, typically the more secure and the less you know, angst, angst that we feel. Yeah. Uh, So connection is key. Well, and I'm so glad to be connected to you, Lindsay. Um, Well, thank you so much. Now, if people are local here in Owensboro, Kentucky, that you, they can come to your practice, right? Like I refer you, (laughs) like I feel like I text you every day and be like, hey, I'm sending somebody to you. Yes. But how would they get in connection? Yes. So Compass Counseling has a website. It's a great way. You can book your own appointment. You can make contact with us through there. All of our contact is on there. We have a local number that you can call or text. It's all HIPAA compliant. So you can send messages through there, you know, to ask questions. Um, You can also do that by email. Uh, But all of that information is on our website, which is compasscounseling.com. Yeah, and you'll have a great, I follow your Facebook page. So in some of the things that y'all share, y'all too have like a podcast, I think, and Mm -hmm. some, y'all share some blogs and articles on self-care and and mental health. And I've enjoyed following that. So how would they connect with maybe social media platforms? Absolutely. So I think there are links from our websites on there as well. Um, But our Facebook page is Compass Counseling. And um, all of the links to like the blog and all of that can be found directly from our website is like, I think it says free content or free resources. There might even be some like e-learning or training opportunities on there as well. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for coming. So happy to be here. All right. Bye, guys. It would mean so much to me if you were to like, comment, and or share this podcast, if it inspired you to be more or something that provided you hope, something I said, if it resonated with you, I would be very honored and appreciative if you were to do that because I do this for you. Also, make sure that if you haven't, you subscribe and follow Pieces of Me on anchor.fm or subscribe on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other of your favorite podcast platforms.